behind the shades. How's it been oh. so far for you? Uh, it's uh, it's been uh, pretty busy. I uh, I work for a, a restaurant delivery service, a local restaurant delivery service. I've been doing it for about twenty years now, and uh, uh, it's it's been a challenge this past uh, this past year with COVID going around. We've been really busy. Busy in a good way, or is it just um, a little bit more difficult with everything that's going on? No, no, I don't look at it. I mean, I look at it as a blessing because can you imagine how many people are out of work? You know, a lot. A lot. So. I, can, I really look at it that way because there's just so many people that are struggling. And uh, even though, you know, I was working 70 hours a week in March and April. And uh, and I was really tired, but uh, every day that I felt like it was just too much, I just realized that there's there were so many other people who were needing our service, so. Yeah, that's a beautiful mindset to have because you're right, there's a lot of people who aren't working. And me, as a bank manager, essential service, like I'm fortunate that I still am able to do what I want where some other people, they're not only confined because of the pandemic, but because they're not working as well. So they have it twofold. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you have, you felt uh, the, the responsibility, right? Of uh, your other employees are not able to, to work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we're still fully staffed um, where I work. And so we've been, we've been fortunate and the staff has been fortunate just the demand on them right because now they can't probably take the days off that they want so if they want to go on vacation there's not really anywhere they can really go so the demand is a lot more these days on them than let's say 2019. yeah well that's all right we all have our uh, challenges don't we absolutely absolutely so let's get officially started i want to thank you and i want to let everyone know this is another episode of behind the shades i have my good friend tom here and we're looking to get to know him and his journey so tom please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who tom is sure my name is tom russell uh, i am uh, 50 almost i'll be 59 january 2nd or excuse me january 10th uh and i uh have uh, been blessed to uh, live a life of of opportunities for me, but uh, I never realized it. And we'll talk about this later on about uh, um, trying to make your dreams come true when you didn't really believe that uh, you're worthy of uh, getting those dreams. Let's jump right into it. So I know you're a full-time writer. Is that correct? Uh, full-time, full-time writer uh, and a radio show host. Yeah. Perfect. So how did that come about? Uh, which part the writing or the uh well let's, let's start with the writing because that's where everything started f- for me uh, and it was a little backwards for me because uh when i was uh, in in high school my lifetime dream was to write for sports illustrated uh, and i was telling everybody this is exactly what i want to do right and every time i would say that in my mind i was thinking there's no way i'm going that's not going to happen for me but I didn't. I didn't express that because I just want to let other people feel that this is this is the path I was going to go to no matter what. But I didn't. I didn't believe that. Although I knew I was a talented writer, you know, I was on the sports. I was the sports editor for the for the newspaper, and and I go into college with a uh, the intent to get a journalism degree. Throughout the entire year, I just kept questioning myself, doubting myself that. I wasn't up to the challenge uh, to to want to become uh, a writer uh, because I just felt like I didn't deserve it. Because every time that I put myself in a position 
to succeed in something, I always pulled myself back. I talked myself out of uh, saying, uh, this is something that, that I, I can't pursue. And, and, I, and I look back at all that time in my life where I gave up on myself too early. And I didn't realize that, that there are so many times that if I would have taken that one extra step and stay with it, uh, I could have achieved so much more when I was younger. And so I decided uh, after the first year, and I told everybody this, and I was uh, sort of short, uh, it was true to, to some extent. I had to pay for my college. My mom couldn't pay for my college. So I told, told everyone that I couldn't afford to go to college anymore. But in, in realistically, it was, I gave up, gave up on my dream because I didn't believe that I was, I was going to be uh, able to make a writing career. So I, um, I went back to what I knew and that was restaurant management. So I started working in restaurant management for about five years. And then I had a friend of mine, one of my best friends, he, he called me up one day and says, hey, uh, the publisher of this magazine, this national magazine wants to know if you would be interested in writing freelance articles. And it was in the RV industry and I didn't know deadly squat about anything <laughs> in the RV industry, nothing but i knew how to write so again i i i've faked it until i made it basically fake it till you make it that's what they always say right and and uh and i had a i had really good capacity to interview people because i i, I go more in depth than a lot of the the questions that i have and i was able to craft uh, some articles about three uh, three articles for the publisher and then he, I got a call back and the publisher says, would you come in for an interview? I'd like to know if you might be interested in becoming uh, the editor, managing editor for the magazine at 23. Okay. There's no way that I was thinking at 23, I was going to be able to be an editor for a national magazine, but so there it was. And so I got the job. And again, I didn't know technical aspects about the RV industry, the, the history of the RV industry, all these different things. I had to, I had to wind my way through uh, several months of trying to find my way, figuring out how I was gonna be able to manage uh, the magazine editorially. And, but I did, I did for six years. I did it for six years. And it was a, it was a fantastic job, a fantastic organization. And they, uh, in 1991, the RV industry went through, actually the, the entire country went through a recession. The RV industry itself obviously is uh, uh, a, an industry that gets affected quite a bit for the recession. And our magazine was entirely re, uh, funded by advertising. So the advertising started to dry up. And so I ended up working uh, uh, three days a week for about three months. And I had to make the decision that you know, I, I can't really, can't really work at three days a week all this all this time with not knowing that I'm going to be able to maintain a household with my wife. So I made a decision and said I have to move on after six years, and I didn't want to do it. And here's what happened because I talked myself into this is the reason why I cannot succeed in a writing career because I had no control over over what happened. So at age, uh, what was 29, I think, but uh, 29, I ultimately gave up a, a, what I considered a full-time writing career. Yeah, I, I was able to 
to write for you know local newspaper and I did freelance articles for some magazines, but nothing that I could really sink my teeth into and saying, okay, this is something I want to be full time. So my my stopgap, my my backup plan was to just keep working and trying to have an income for my wife, which is not it's okay. I mean, I you have to make a living, right? Absolutely. But I but I decided that I wanted I you know I just didn't feel like there was anything out of there and in my back of my mind I was thinking that there's a book inside me but I had no clue of what kind of book that I wanted to write I didn't have I don't know if you ever written a book before but trying to trying to even consider trying to publish a book well forget that I mean I, you could write a book how many people write a book and say hey, I wrote a book but uh, it's going to stay in my shelf you know it's, it's the manuscript's not going to go anywhere so many people do that so many people so many people do they don't go through an extra step so i was that one person but i never even wrote a book at that point but i decided uh, to move on and uh, just work in restaurant management and other management positions and then uh, uh, back in 2006 uh, I started working with middle school kids for an organization called uh, Five Star Life. We work with middle school kids and we teach these kids so many different uh, core values like, you know, sacrifice, integrity, respect, responsibility, and courage. All those five core values that we want to try to instill in, in our young adults that universally everybody should live by. But we try to change their mindsets of uh, showing these kids that they matter because I don't know if you remember what it was like in middle school, but that was the most awkward age for just about anybody. And uh, at that age, you really don't know what you want to do with your life, right? I mean, you could ask these kids uh, time and time again, and they have these off the wall things. Well, I want to be, um, I want to be a, a police officer. I want to be. Uh, a football player. I want to be all these different things. And and the next question is this. Okay, so th if this is something that you really want in life, what are you going to do to achieve that? This is what you need to do. Here's the steps you need to take to achieve that. This is what you need to do in front of you with your, with your dreams. And I'm telling these kids all this stuff. We teach these kids. And again, in the back of my mind is thinking, man, you're a fraud. Because if I'm telling these kids that they can achieve whatever they want to do, and I'm not doing it myself. That's the biggest hypocritical thing that uh, I could even think about myself. And I'm not trying to cut myself down, okay? I really am not. That's just my state of mind at the time. And Tom, what I would say is like, I think you're absolutely right because when you're in the middle, was I remember, and you probably remember middle school, anything you wanted to be at that point, it was strictly the passion to be it. I right. think once you get to like high school and college, that's where you're thinking, let me become something so I can pay the bills. Right. Right. Versus you saying that, you know what? I want to be a police officer. And to your point, what am I going to do? And as you're telling people this, you begin to realize in yourself, hey, there's something that I'm passionate about. How can I tell little Johnny to follow his dream while I'm here neglecting mine for whatever the reason? Is that your aha moment when you're talking to these kids like that? Well, you'd like to think it was, but I mean, when I said 2006, um, I it didn't connect. I did that. The, 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 the epiphany did not come in my mindset. It didn't. It didn't say like a light bulb moment to say, "Hey, 
I need I need to write a book. But because at that time, I didn't have any idea what I wanted to write about. But after being around these kids and being around Five Star Life, which is a transformative organization, I wish everybody could know what Five Star Life is about because we change, literally change kids' lives because we focus on them uh, 100% and they change. These, these kids change. And, but it took me years to come to that point where I said, I want to write something. And it just that light bulb moment, oddly enough, came at the, at the thought process of, I want to write a book about those five core values that, that Five Star Life uh, uh, talks about, the sacrifice, integrity, respect, responsibility, and courage. I want to write a book about that because I think that's a universal message for everybody, right? And so I, I, uh, I didn't know exactly how to, formulate the plan because I haven't written a book before, but I've written quite a bit, short stories and stuff like this, but I never had an idea how to formulate a plan. And then how was I going to do this is because one of the things we talk about with these kids and we talk about bullying quite a bit. So it, I tied those two things in together because those kids, those peace uh, kids who are being uh, oppressed by other kids um, in order for them to uh, understand that these five core values can help build up their self-esteem. They have to go through this this junk in their life, and if they're being bullied, um, that was my platform. So I used a, 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 a fictional character, which tied in some uh, autobiographical things that I went through in my life. And I, I put this 14-year-old kid in a position where he was being bullied relentlessly by uh, different people most specifically for one particular uh, kid who just tormented. And then he uh, had to go home. He lived in a, a, a dysfunctional family with an alcoholic father. And he got to the point where he just could not handle it anymore. And he decided it's time to leave. I'm going to run away. I don't want to tell the entire book, but I mean, this is the crux of the whole idea about the book. So he runs away. He goes into town where he connects with different characters, a homeless person, um, um, uh, pastor, different different characters in the book who all teach him these five core values. He, we, I put the character in a position where he has to make a decision about things right and wrong, integrity being one of them, obviously. Um, and he has to make that decision and he learns about it. And he, each time he learns about these things, he builds up his self-esteem. And then we, when he gets in a position where he ends up uh, uh, going home, He's able to more manage himself and, and with a level of self-confidence he never thought he would have ever had. And he, he, he deals with it on a positive level. And so his life changed dramatically from that. And, you know, I called the book Finding Your True North, A Bully Teen's Journey of Hope because it is a journey, right? Because you don't just start one day and say, I'm going to change. You have to have things thrust against you uh, to to uh, force yourself to think differently about yourself. And that's the hardest thing is because you get inundated so much with untruth and negativity constantly because we have you know, uh, 60 to 70,000 thoughts in a day and 85% of those thoughts are negative. And the following day, 90, 90, 95% of those same thoughts come back at you as negative. So what you have to do, you have to reprogram your mindset uh, to think differently about what you're thinking about, because um, uh, if you don't, it, it's it's a battle. It's a constant battle of 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 trying to make sure that 
you're on top of your um, uh, things. And then I hate, I always talk about, you know, you can, you can speak positively, but unless you have any, uh, if you don't, if you don't feel it inside, uh, you're just saying words. And that's what, uh, that's what I want to try to impart in, in the book, because you have to constantly battle within yourself uh, to change and to realize that you do matter, that you can be victorious over your circumstances, regardless whatever situation it is. And uh, I, I'm really proud of the book. And, and it just, it, it changed me because I, um, one of the things that, you know, I, I told you what the book was about, but the biggest thing for me was I made that decision when I was 52 years old that uh, I was going to start something and I was going to finish it. And the biggest thing for me was I set a goal. I set this exactly, this is what I'm gonna get my book done. I'm not going to talk myself out of it. I'm not gonna talk myself out of it. I'm gonna go for it. I, at that point, I didn't know how to publish a book. Uh, it didn't matter to me. And isn't that strange? It's because all of those 50 some odd years, um, I, I talked myself out of doing something because of I made that, uh, I made that conscious decision that um, I was gonna get done. So in four months, I, I ended up writing the, the, the book and uh, uh, I gave my five, myself five month goal and I finished a month, month early. And that's good because what I would say is like for me, anytime I've had a goal or something I wanted to do, if there's some hesitation to completing it or at least starting it, I always found that I would look to outside factors to kind of rally me and motivate me. And sometimes I found that the support system that I may have had or the people that I went to, they didn't encourage me in the way that they, that I wanted them to encourage me. They actually discouraged me. And not only did I have the doubt maybe in my mind and inside me, now I have the external doubt. Like, are you at the point now where you're winning that type of battle? And, and my second question would be, why do you think, Tom, that was happening to you? Like, what do you think was causing the delay? Oh, it was self-imposed because I had I had a support system. Everybody I, to the person would say, "You're such a fantastic writer. You, you should write a book. You should do this. You should do this." I never had anybody ever tell me that I I could do it. I told myself, "That's the thing." As I told myself, um, and the idea about when you talk about this thing with the kids, the finding your true north. We talked to these uh, kids about this, and you would told me about this because you 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 wanted to do something with your life right but mm -hmm. uh, immediately you, you didn't have a support system so instead of finding going finding you true north this is where exactly where i want to be you focused on the thing that stopped you from doing it you went a different path you didn't go to the path to find your true north you you there's obstacles that happen in people's life because once you make that decision that uh, you want this dream you want it passionately you you need it now um, unless that is not, unless that is a, uh, a dream that uh, is in front of you every single day, you're going to find reasons. You're going to find those different pathways that the, the roadblocks and the obstacles that come in your life and you follow that path. And then you have to make that decision where you want to come back to the original path and go straight. And that's, that's what I wanted to write this book about. And this is what you and everybody else who, who feels like their dream isn't big enough, they, they, just, they just give up. 
So tell me about finding your true north. I know you mentioned five points, right? So break them down and let me know how that would keep me on the path because you raised a good point and you're saying that we sometimes think the the goal or the dream is bigger than us and it's not in front of us all the time. Meaning if I turn left, it's in my face. If I'm looking center, it's in my face. If I turn right, same thing. So break down these five points and how it keeps us on the path to fulfilling our dream like it did for you and like it does for the kids. I don't think it's necessary uh, five points. Mine was more... <sighs> Uh, it was more specific as far as far as what I wanted to do. It's it's not a it's not a uh, that the the biggest thing is is you have to put value on what your dream is. If you don't if you if you don't value your dream, well it, the the dream is just it's not something that you really want to do. It's just a pipe dream. Um, so let me ask you. Uh, I know it's it's you're talking about me, but was there something that you wanted to do with your life that? that you you just you can see it you can feel it you can taste it you you needed it so badly um that you, that's what you wanted to do and and did that did those doubts stop you from doing it well and that's a beautiful segue so there's i'll give you two scenarios so the first one was becoming a manager at the bank that i currently work for because i'm a manager now um i made a decision because i left the department and i came back to the department i am now and I was so driven to become a manager that I didn't listen to the outside voices. I had that drive within because I created it. I set a timeline, I set a goal, and to your point, I put a value. I was like, this dream of mine is going to change my life, and as I'm changing my life, it's gonna change the life of others. So within about a year and a half, I was able to obtain this. Now, alternatively, this podcast, having a conversation with you, starting my own media company business, that was something I wanted to do two years ago. But the difference between me obtaining my goal within the banking industry and this one was I felt I needed other people to achieve it. I made the dream, to be quite honest, maybe bigger than me. And I felt that I needed all these people to help with the moving parts. So it took two years. This is 2018. And then when the pandemic hit and then I had all this extra time, I was like, let me reevaluate this. And let me take the same approach to doing this podcast, doing the media company that I did as a manager. So I started to network and someone that I always listen to says that your net, your network is your net worth. Meaning the mm -hmm. people you come in contact with, the circle you, you, you um, create, me having a conversation with you, Tom, for example, this is how we're going to increase the value of our dream. And I was able to get everything done May 22nd of 2020 then september i launched and here i am today and i think biggest takeaway between the two was i didn't create the drive within i was trying to get other people to create it two years ago but then once i took a step back analyzed the situation and realized wait a minute i can do this on my own mm -hmm. i can create a value i can create a plan that's how I became the person I am now in regards to this, and that's how you and I started talking. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting because here's here's the here's what happens when when you 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 have this dream that you're fulfilling. You, you're actually going for it. The the journey is so important for you. But what happens when you reach that point where you actually get to that point? Uh, your goal, I believe, is is you need to go to have the mindset of what's next. 
whether it's with what you're doing or if you can look at other 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 options or, or other opportunities or whatever it is. Um, and I learned that when 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 after I wrote the book and I had it published and I was thinking, so what's next? What do I do as a self-published author? I'm not sure if you ever uh, read, written a book. Have you written a book? No, that's actually one of my goals for this year. So that's why I'm loving having yeah. this conversation with you. Because here's here, what happens is, is like I said before, is some people get to certain points in the writing process that they have the thought process. Hey, I want to write a book. Then they make that decision to say, hey, I'm going to write the book. This is, and they go through the process and then they stop because they think, I don't know what to do next. You have to research how to publish a book. And again, it's those things that uh, if you don't have that up a, a plan, if, you, that, if that is not part of your journey, um, you're not going to finish it because you're going to have all these, because you, that's the very first thing as people say is, um, I, I have a book here, but I have no way of knowing how to publish it. Uh, I, I don't think anybody else wants to read it. See, when you write a book, you're writing it for yourself. You don't write it for anybody else because when you put your heart and soul into something, uh, because that's your passion that you really want to do, don't worry about it whether someone wants to read this or not. That's that's entirely up to them. It, it's it's a, just an incredible feeling of accomplishment to write a book. It's even more of an accomplishment when you actually find a publisher to publish it. And so the process of me writing it to the, uh, I found a found a, uh, a publisher. Uh, he helped me craft the story and, and he helped me so much in the whole process of writing, uh, getting the book published. So in August 14th of 2014, I had, I had the book published. And he told me throughout this entire process, here's, here's, here's what I can do for you. Here's what I cannot do for you. What you cannot, what I cannot do for you. I can't, I can't market the book for you. Like I can put it in. I have 110,000 websites all across the world, um, but that can only go so far. So the onus is on you, Mr. Author. You have to get out there and get the word out. So that's what I did, I, and I was relentless. And the thing is, what really, really tricked my trigger is it was such a incredible feeling of of not worrying about whether someone said no or not i could care less if someone said no i could care more by me not asking the question to get the no because the more no's i got the more i succeeded and honestly i'm going to tell you right now my perf my book was perfectly set up for not getting no's because it was a book on bullying right so who's going to turn turn me down so i walk into a local newspaper and i hand them the book I hand the secretary of the book and say, I'd like to know if the, somebody here would like to do an article on me. So two weeks later, they call me up. We did an interview. So I was, I was, it was in a new local newspaper. So I said, well, why not? Let's go to another newspaper. So I walk in with a book and uh, the guy there says, well, hold on there. Um, we have someone here who can interview you right now. You have time. Well, of course I said, yes. And each time it just, it just propelled my belief in myself and, and, and making making those decisions that uh, um, that I was going to go out and do this. So I walk into Barnes and Noble. Who walks into Barnes and Noble with your book and say, "Hey, would you like to carry my book?" It's it's. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. So he looked at my book and he's and I said, "Oh, by the way, this local newspaper is doing an article on me." And he said, "Well, hold on, uh, let's do this. I'm going to order 20 of your books and we'll put them in here. And then, oh, by the way, can you come in?" Uh, uh, in October to do a book signing. 
at Barnes and Noble, and I, I, I didn't I couldn't process that. I couldn't process how important that is, and so I I, I did the uh, book signing, and and then I uh, and then in the following April, he asked me back again to do another book signing, and throughout this whole you know, the, the the process, the time I did I kept going in and going to different venues to see if I could come in and do book signings. So I've done after day after this date, I've done 26 book signings. It may seem like a lot, but I mean that's through through six six years of, of doing this. But each time I, I was thinking in that uh, in order for me to keep myself out there, uh, I have to find opportunities to 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 go out there. So I, and then I did a, a third book signing after I wrote my second book. It was on homelessness called Nowhere Man. Um, and then I did I did another book signing at Barnes and Noble. So I had three three book signings there, and. Uh, and it, and it goes back to you when you have your dream, this is what I want to do. Your whole thought process is what's next. You never reach the level of, of being comfortable where you are because there's always going to be a what's next. And you, before you get to that what next, you have to formulate a plan. Okay, if I do this, then this has to happen. But you got to make it happen. You can't wait for it to happen. You got to make it happen. And if it doesn't happen the way you want to, well, then you try a different way to get to that, where whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, because uh, I, going back to when I first started talking about where I gave up myself, I never feared failure ever in my entire life. I always feared success. What would happen if I actually succeeded in something? And each time I, I questioned myself, uh, then I just, I, I pulled back constantly when I wrote my first book that is when my life started again inside me I, I had a re I had a regeneration of youth uh, I had a passion uh, that I never thought that I would ever have <clears throat> I mean I never even would have thought of beginning on zoom talking with you for for a podcast at age 52 not even smidgen of thinking that I, I never thought I was worthy I just didn't why why do you think you you felt that way? Uh, because I kept talking myself into it. It's not because of, of anybody else telling me that I couldn't. It, it's because I always feared that that uh, um, I could not handle success. And success to me is different than it is for other people, obviously. Because you, you got to put a value on your success wherever you are. My success, how I feel that I'm a successful is with the content of my book, Finding True North, um, I I want to know if it's had an impact on individuals because after reading the book, they it, it changes their life and they are going through things because what happens, and I've had this so many times where where kids have re read my book and it's literally changed their life in in, in an aspect of I'm going through this right now. I needed to I needed to read this and. I've had uh, some kids actually say they they've been suicidal, but and so when you know I had uh, uh, I talked with a 16 year old girl. She was bullied eight consecutive years uh, by someone and someone uh, some girl, uh, actually a neighbor girl, and she let that go for eight years. She 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 tried to commit suicide. She was uh, hospitalized. She went into a mental ward, PTSD, everything you can imagine that she was going mm -hmm. through. And uh, I got connected with her and her mom, so I went to her house. And for about an hour and a half, all we did was cry. It was such an emotional night. I will never, ever forget that. 
And I kept thinking, why is she telling me this? And, but uh, we had a connection and it was just incredible. And at the end of the uh, uh, conversation that we we're having, she said, finally she says, you know what? I'm just tired of this. I, I, I'm not gonna play the victim anymore. I'm just not. And I, and I said, uh, I, I stepped back and I, and I had to think about what I wanted to say next. And I, I said, look, you know, I understand you, you wanting to do this, but it's, it's, it's a process because you can't just turn it off and, and, and just throw that aside because that's been you for eight years. So you, you have to start thinking it's, it's a process. You're going to have to make these decisions daily that you're not going to be the victim anymore. And here's the steps that you need to take to uh, not be the, not be the victim. I told her, and this is one thing that I've always done with, with other people. And I'll, I'll get to that is, is uh, you have to sacrifice yourself. You have to take the eyes off yourself and onto someone else. Because that does two things. It's when you go up to someone, you say something nice or you text them or send them a message uh, that obviously helps the other person. But in addition to what that does, it, it, it teaches you the the, uh, the part about empathy that's missing in, in people's lives. It's because you, you have to allow yourself to get in someone else's life. And that doesn't mean your problems are going to go away. They're not. They're really not because there's always going to be things that come in your life or they challenge your uh, your your positivity. And, and again, it goes back to the, the negative thoughts that people get every day. So that's what she did. She went into school and she actually video recorded these, some of these things and she sent them to me and her saying, you, you, wow, you have got great hair. You've got, I love the color of your hair. I love your shoes or whatever it is that she wanted to do. Uh, and then it just, it's, it turned her around as far as, hey, there's, there's someone else who might need this because this is what happens. Because when you uh, share your life with someone else, uh, you don't know what the other person's going through, right? Because uh, because uh, I do this every time. I do this in all the, all year long uh, during Lent, mostly for those forty days. Uh, I, I don't give I don't give something up. I give something back. And by that I mean I I connect with people. I text them. I message them. I call them. Whatever it is that I can do to uh, let them know that they matter. Uh, and I don't expect a response back from the people, but when I do get the response back, and I, I suggest if you just try to do this, is the, what's going to happen is people, I don't think you understand. But I needed to hear that today. I'm having a crappy day. I've had this happen to me and this happened to me, but I needed to hear that today because this is what I'm going through. Uh, I did this to one uh, mother who I was helping her daughter who's being bullied. And I said the same message and I said, I don't think you understand how much it affected me because you know what? I almost committed suicide today. And th that just floored me because I didn't, you don't go over there with the intention of getting a pat on the back. You do it because you genuinely care about an, another individual and you don't know what they're going through. So when those things happen, uh, it, it changes your life and you forget about the things that that are happening to you and maybe the maybe they might be bad things or something that's that's really affecting you and you you insert yourself in someone else's life and you do this as, as, as a habit thing and you do it for the right reasons you don't do it for a response most of the time i don't respond back um but that it, it just changes your life because when i wrote wrote the book that was one of the biggest things is about sacrifices. You've got to go out and reach out to this 14-year-old this boy. He reached out to the homeless person. Didn't even know the guy. 
but he made some sacrifices uh, for this homeless guy uh, that were not intended uh, to do anything other than saying, hey, I, I see that you get your need. Uh, so I, I, I'm reaching out to you. Uh, but that mm-hmm. it changes your life. So, so I always suggest anybody who's ever listened to this thing is, is take your eyes off yourself and onto someone else. And uh, you'll be amazed at uh, what happens because with COVID going around, I don't know about, I don't know about you, but for me, you kind of lose your uh, track of yourself because all the stress that comes up against you and you forget that there are other people in, in need uh, emotionally, psychologically, physically, all these things that, that they're missing. So when someone else reaches out to you out of the blue and says something, it's just, it's, it's incredible. And this is something that, that's missing in our lives. And I think that's true because I think there's probably a lot of people now because of what's going on in the world in the last eight, nine months is that we feel isolated. We feel like there isn't someone that can reach out like you did with those messages, with that interaction, because we don't have the human interaction. And I guess one of my final question would for you would be when you do things like that, when you reach out to people, when you are making a difference in people's lives, how does that impact you and your life going forward, Tom? I, I hearken back to how I was brought up for, with uh, my mother. She was a saint. I don't, I don't know anything about uh, your mother, or anybody else's mother, but I get dibs. She was the best mother ever, ever <laughs> created in the world. Uh, she was, a, she was a saint, and uh, I, I took her. She was, she was not uh, um, the kind of person who was uh, overtly. Uh, uh, out there exposing yourself all that she she had a lot of challenges herself emotionally and, and physically but but it was a it was a quiet uh, uh, quiet presence with her uh, she always she always I mean, she was a divorced mother of five boys and I was the youngest and she gave and she gave and she gave and so I I took that from her uh, as just a means of this is how I wanted to live my life. I didn't do it consciously when I was a young kid or, or even a young adult. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that it's, it's not about me anymore. It's never about me. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever read my uh, Facebook posts. I, I try to, to promote positive thoughts, encouraging thoughts to people all the time, even though there are days when I don't feel like it. Uh, and this is the way it's been for COVID. And, you know, I have to sometimes have to consciously uh, try to set aside my anxiety. Sometimes I, I try to start, try to say something encouraging. So it, that that part, that's why that's that's what that's what has changed me, uh, because I've always wanted to do this. And and when I've uh, when I was able to do this radio show, I have made I've done over 95 shows and each individual has become my best friend. They share their stories with me that they have never been able to share with anybody else. Although some have been on a lot of podcasts before is because you and I are just doing the same thing that I do in my shows. We have a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And and so and so they tell me these. I had a, a guest who was uh, had no arms and no legs. Never they never let the, that stop him because he was like the fourth highest rated high school wrestler in the nation, in the nation. And and he's lived his life of of no limitations, and and uh, talked to uh, people who've had depression, suic- suicidal thoughts, uh, domestic abuse, uh, 
just so many different categories of, of dysfunction in some people's lives where they changed their life uh, because they made that conscious decision they were no longer going to be the victim anymore and uh, it's it runs as a theme of what I do because because I, I I'm on w4wn.com uh, it's a it's a live show and uh, it's uh, called life without limits and it's a perfect it's a it's a perfect uh, uh, title for my show is because people should not have life with limits and uh, uh, and it's it's just I, I wish I, you know, I, I, I do a lot of promotion, but when it comes to this show, uh, I think it's really important for people to listen to other people's uh, victories uh, because, you know, it's a worldwide show and there are people from all around the world who listen to the show. They ask questions to the, to the, the guest because they're going through the same thing. And these guests are really floored because they, uh, they don't realize that they're having an impact on another person. Uh, because of they don't think their story is uh, as special sometimes, but it is. I agree. I think that we need to share those victories, and that's why, like for example, you telling you saying that, I will agree with you 100%, Tom. Because if and it goes back to your point about the negative thoughts. If we're not hearing the victories, if we're not hearing the wins, what are we hearing? By default, it's the negative thoughts that's in our head or that's being promoted to us. So I think you're 100% right. Yeah, it's it's difficult. It really is a challenge because um, I don't know I don't know how I could actually survive with without that mindset uh, because when I made that decision to write the book of fifty two, everything before that I don't like to say it, it didn't exist, but I'm saying my life did not exist the way it is now until I wrote that first book uh, because nothing stops me because it's always it's always of what what am i going to do to improve myself and it's a daily challenge for me and it's a daily challenge for anybody else who who has a dream in their life that they want to accomplish because uh you're going to get uh you're going to get obstacles that come your way but if you if you focus on those obstacles rather than the the final dream um it's 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 a done deal for you